0: So, um, we are in the last part of our series on Trinity. How many of you have been with us for the last uh, four Sundays? Can you just give me a wave? Alright, so we've been hearing about the Trinity for, for a couple of Sundays now, and uh, um, today we will conclude that series. And I hope after this message, or after the entire series, we will be po- fully persuaded on the truth about the nature of god three persons one in essence god um, uh, just a quick question um, ilan po sa atin yung lumaki at uh, naggrow sa ating faith na ito yung truth just like me ito yung truth about god na medyo naglag lag ng konte medyo mas matagal bago natin naunawaan at uh, uh, pinaniniwalaan ng buong puso. Meron ba dito, katulad ko, na medyo nalito din? Amen? Alright? Thank you for uh, sa mga nagtas ng kamay. So, unlike most of you who are homegrown members of Breadcom, uh, kung saan yung teaching ng doctrines ay talaga naman pinagpala tayo, do you agree? Do you agree that we are blessed with a good teacher or good teachers? Unlike most of you, ako, I grew up uh, exposed to a lot of independent uh, pastors, independent churches. Um, these people are all heart, you know what I mean? Um, they love the Lord Jesus, they gave up everything. Some of them um, resigned uh, from their work to serve the Lord. Unfortunately, they did not have enough to go to proper schooling, the Bible school. or So I grew up, grew up with these people, this community na Ah uh, kung saan na uh, they are sent to preach even without proper training and pero buong puso nilang minamahal ang Panginoon. Kaya lumaki po ako sa mga weird at saka mga uh, unfortunately misrepresentations of uh the Trinity. Uh, I remember one illustration used in a Sunday school was ang Trinity daw ay parang itlog. Nalungkot ako. Dahil buong buhay ko, ibibigay ko sa isang wangis ng itlog. Kaya alam nyo na kung bakit. Meron din pong nag-discuss. I remember when I was younger, Nang na Trinity daw ay parang three-in-one na kape. So ang tanong ko, sino yung kape? Sino yung gatas? Sino yung asukal? Again, a misleading representation. So, Growing up in a Christian family, I neglected, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of this, that I neglected in, in really looking into the doctrine of Trinity since I'm persuaded by experience and by the other truths of the gospel that God is true, He is alive. And I believe in the Trinity because I grew up um, in a community believing that God is a Trinity. Lastly, isang illustration pa na hindi ko matanggap is yung 1 plus 1 plus 1 equals 1. Uh, For those who don't have an idea, sa background ko, I I studied as a math major in Philippine Normal University. And uh, 1 plus 1 plus 1 equals 1 is not just bad math, but it's bad theology. So, Indihu one plus one plus one equals one. The Trinity is uh, the Trinity is three persons in one God, and no amount of earthly representation can really equal to that. That truth, the God dead three in one. Do you agree? That draws the line between finite and infinite. Do we agree? That we are, our understanding of how Trinity came to be is, will never be satisfied. But we are blessed because this nature of God, though our finite minds is limited to understand how His nature came to be, but with the help of the counselor, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, We can be enlightened about God's nature through what is written in the divine text. And if you agree with me, that's what really matters. Is it truly important to know and understand the truth about the Trinity? Can we worship God without the passionate pursuit of learning the truth about His nature? Is that possible that we worship God with all of our hearts and mind and soul and strength? Um... Susundin natin lahat ng demands ng cross of Christ and yet not be able to really um, learn about His deity or His nature, His being. The truth about God's nature is very important considering the following. Number one, this truth affects our distinction. Okay, can you say Distinction. We are God's holy people. We are God's royal priesthood. We are a distinct people. And one of our main distinctions um, from other religions or nations or tribes is that we worship only one God. The Hebrews are constantly exposed to polytheism. Polytheism means the acceptance of many gods, the belief in the need for more than one God. So our, our... the hebrews they are exposed to egypt and canaan and they have all sorts of gods living in the midst of polytheistic nations the worship of one god and one god only separated one god only separated the hebrews from other people and nation and religion the people of these nations though they need more than one god because of because one is insufficient so sa Egypt po at sa Canaan they observed the worship of many gods or tinatawag na polytheism. And meron silang god for fertility, they have god of war, they have god of, for prosperity, all sorts of god because one god is insufficient. Now what makes the Hebrew people distinct is that we only believe in one god because we believe that our god is sovereign, almighty, omnipotent, omniscient. He is everything. So, so in Deuteronomy, chap- Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, the Bible says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Lord is one. Okay? And maraming times na problema ang God's people at ang Panginoon whenever the Israelites um, are rebellious and they worship other gods. When the Israelites was called out of Egypt, the, one of the main warnings of God to them is that do not worship the gods of the of the people in the in the promised land, right? And they've been they've been in this this uh, they have been exposed to this polytheistic culture their entire lives. And what makes them different, separate, and a holy people is that they believe in a holy one through God. Next, this truth affects our worship. Revelation, everybody say revelation. Revelation elicits worship. Nothing else commands at a more accurate worship than the accurate revelation through the Word. Pastor Nomer is always, um, always reminding us that we cannot worship God our own way. That we need to worship God His way. That we should worship Him in His truth, not in what is acceptable only to us. We cannot we cannot just select the pages in the scripture to what seems to resonate with what is in our hearts. Why? In the first place, our hearts are evil. You know, sabi ni Jeremiah. All sorts of evil flow through it. If Jesus did not redeem us, nothing good will ever come out from us. So this truth affects our worship. God is spirit in John chapter 4, verse 24 says, God is spirit and His worshippers must worship in the spirit and in truth. Kaya po minsan, mababaw yung worship ng ilan dahil mababaw din yung kanilang pag-aaral. Mababaw din yung kanilang revelation. Dito lang sila kumakain. Number three, this truth affects our, resp- our response to the gospel. Our acceptance, confidence, and participation in proclaiming the gospel to the unreached is affected by the truth of the Trinity. Can you imagine? Dati, akala ko yung Trinity parang okay lang kung maintindihan ko o hindi. Pero yung response ko pala, dun sa gospel na receive ko kay Jesus o sa gospel na binabasa ko, ay yung malaking kinalaman pala yung activity ng Tryon God. So, so these are the things that we will be able to study today, learning about the role of each person of the Trinity in the work of salvation will help us develop a more appropriate response to the Gospel. More confidence in our salvation, is that important? Is confidence in the finished work of Christ in our salvation important? Yes. It will give us deeper humility and gratitude towards the finished work of Christ and the stronger drive to be transformed into Christ-likeness, being aware of the available power through the Holy Spirit. There were three, um, I can remember three times in my life that this doctrine has been challenged sa buhay ko. When I was younger, I was eight, no, as young as my daughter today. I remember one time I was cleaning um, my lolo's garage. And there were these evangelists or um, house-to-house evang- uh, evangelism activity going on. And suddenly, this one guy approached me. And then he shared to me what he thinks was the gospel. So I was listening and I was so defensive at eight. So I said, I don't need your information because my father is actually a pastor. He teach me these things and I think I better learn this from him than from you. And then this guy, being persuasive, nasa loob na siya garay, I was a kid, Continued just telling me the story about Jesus and I kept on just challenging him or uh, I kept on shooing him away. Now, no, I'm dad, my father is a pastor. I don't need, I don't need that stuff. And then he, he asked me, does your father believe in Trinity? And I answered, yes, he does. What kind of Trinity does he believe? And he discussed to me the Trinity and I was so defensive to the point where I was not actually discussing Trinity Ako pala yung mali, and I misrepresented my dad. I repre- misrepresented my God, my God by telling no, si Jesus, siya din yung father. Si father, siya din yung spirit. And from that, si, hindi ko makalimutan yun that growing up, sabi ko sa sarili ko, I will never be confronted by this doctrine without knowing how to defend it. I was eight. So I started asking this really um, true questions about Trinity. How, uh, how can God be a Trinity? Where does it, where in the Bible does it say, is He's a Trinity. Fast forward, I graduated from college. That's the second time my Trinity doctrine was confronted. I met this young, passionate student in a school where I I teach. And he, he comes to my office just trying to debate with me on Trinity. And I'm not a person who's a fan of debates. So I just, I will just tell him that, no, I don't really have time for debates. If you're not um, open, I will not discuss with you. Up until a point that he was sharing this oneness, if you're aware of that theology, to my small group in the school. And he's been um, stealing sheep from the fold just by, just by, telling this uh, wrong doctrine. So I, I have no choice. So when we were in the group, he was there. He was, he's always in my small group. He's, he's, he's really, he, he wants to get from what I, from my, what I worked on, you know. And then he challenged me, and then I fought back. I defended my doctrine. And thank God I was not in the same way when I was eight. So he, did from, he turned from page to page in the Bible telling me that our God is one God. I think he turned to more than 20 verses. That's a lot for a young student. And then I just said, Amen. Praise the Lord, brother. I agree with you that our God is one God. Do you agree with the boy? That's what he's trying to say. And then if you're done with all your... Baon, I will turn to mine and I just opened to him the reality or I opened to him the verses telling us about the three persons. So I will just add to what you have presented what, how the Bible talks about the deity and I opened to him scriptures on the Trinity. And he went home really sad, frustrated and he told me I'm going to come back to you after I talk to my pastor. And then that moment was a defining moment for our small group because this small group became, became uh, leaders of churches where they are today. But somebody has to stand. Somebody has to know their doctrine. Amen? Somebody has to, to learn how to defend it. Last, The third time I was confronted was with my daughter when she was seven we were sharing about a gospel narrative where the God, of God the Father is named and Jesus was there. And then Noah, you know Noah? She asked me, Daddy, if God the Father is God and Jesus is God, then we have two gods? I wasn't ready. My dilemma was not how to tell her about the Trinity It goes way back to introducing the third person of the Trinity. But then, I did not give her an answer just to make it plain to her. I gave gave her the truth. I gave the truth. I answered her in such a way that I would answer an adult. And believe the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, would reveal to her in time. I didn't want to give her a plain answer that she could understand quickly but misrepresent who our God is. But I have a solid faith and belief that as I proclaim the truth to her, it's God's job to reveal himself to her because she belongs to God. So let's just run through quickly the passages telling us about God is a unity. We have one God. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 10 to 11 says, You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am He. Before me, no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me, there's no Savior. We have only one God. In Isaiah 44, this is what the Lord says, Israel, King and Redeemer, the Lord Almighty, I am the first and the last. Apart from me, there is no God. Isaiah 44, verse 8, Do not tremble, do not be afraid. Did I not proclaim this and for tell it long ago, you are my witness. Is there any God besides me? No. There's no other rock. I know not one. The most important one, answer Jesus. Ito po sa gospel. Mark chapter 12 verse 29 is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Jesus quoting Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 6. To, to some scholars, it's important that Jesus actually quotes something from the Old Testament. That is important, right? Because it's, it makes it, it's not that the passages in the Old Testament are not valid at all, but it's, when Jesus quotes it, it becomes stronger. There's that strong validity in that text. Lastly, in First Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, For there is, together, one God. One God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus. From Old Testament to New Testament, it did not change. It did not change from one God to three gods. From the Old Testament to the New Testament, the scriptures are proclaiming only one God. But also, God is a unity and God is a trinity. It is silently declared in the Old Testament, but it is openly declared in the new testament in the old testament you will see in genesis chapter 1:26 where god where the triune god is is, is uh, planning to to or communicating to one another to create man in their image using the word let us some tells that Jesus or, or sorry god is talking to angels but angels don't have creating power in genesis chapter 11 if you are familiar with the story of the tower of babel god again is communi- uh, the trinity communicating to one another saying come let us everybody say let us sinabi niyo na po ba yun sa sarili nyo pag pag-alis kayo Sankapupunta daddy, um, we will go to, uh, let us go, Ganun ba? I will go, kasi isakalang, tama. But God, when He does something, it is the Trinity at work from the beginning. Another time that the Trinity is expressed silently in the Old Testament is in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 it is a compound unity. The word used for God in Deuteronomy 6:4 is a compound unity. The, word, uh, the name Elohim. Everybody say Elohim. So this is a very common um, proof that our God is, is three in person and one in being. We also have a clue in Isaiah 6, verse 3, when the seraphs were worshiping in the book of Isaiah chapter six, where they called to God or holy, holy, holy. So these are hints in the Old Testament. in this that obvious, but we have a clue. Now in the New Testament, the Trinity is openly declared in Matthew chapter three, verse sixteen to seventeen. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity, descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the second person of the Trinity, whom I love. With Him, I am well pleased. I, speaking, was the Father. In the baptismal formula, Matthew 28, 19, Therefore, go and make disciples, sorry, baptizing them in the name of the, of the, and, and the Holy Spirit. In the apostolic benediction in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In the teachings of Jesus, John chapter 14, verse 16 to 17, And I will ask the, and He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He lives with you and will be in you. Sino po nagsasalita? Sino po? Si Jesus. So we cannot deny the existence of the Trinity. Amen? Amen? Do you agree? And the Bible con- contin- constantly tells us that this three person, three persons is actually one God. So pastor, paano puyon? Hindi ba ang gulonon? Hindi ba nagkakaroon tayo ng contradiction? No. There is no contradiction. This is a statement of two realities. One is as true as the other. This is a biblical description of God's nature. God is one in His essential being but exists in three persons. Tim Keller suggests, the Christian teaching of the Trinity is mysterious and cognitively challenging. Mahirap talaga siyang arukin. The doctrine of the Trinity is that God is one God, eternally existent in three persons. Ito po yung pinag natin kanina. That's not tritheism. Ano po yung tritheism? Three gods who work in harmony. Hindi po yun yung Trinity. Neither it is unipersonalism. Ito yung sinasabi po ng mga ibang kulto o ng mga ibang religion na hindi naniniwala sa Trinity na si Jesus daw, siya din yung ama. Na yung ama daw, siya rin si Jesus at minsan daw, nagkakatawan silang bilang banal na espiritu Hindi po yung Trinity. Yun po yung tinatawag na unipersonalism. Ang hirap naman po kung yun yung susundan po nating theology. Bakit? John chapter 3, verse 16, kabisado nating lahat, tama po. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. So parang kung universalism yung paniniwala natin, ano anong mangyayari? For God, yung Father, na by the way, ako rin yun, ay pinadala ko yung aking Son, which is ako rin yun. Napakalabo, tama po. Diyan ba kayo? jan ba kayo at nilalamig? Instead, Trinitarianism holds that there is one God in three persons who know and love. Everybody say know and love. Okay. One another. God is not more fundamentally one than He is three. And is not more fundamentally three than He is one. First Peter 1. 1 verses 1 to 2 Peter, an apostle of Christ, to God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by his blood, grace and peace. Be yours in abundance. This is Peter's greetings showing us or implying the work of the Trinity in salvation and sanctification. So, if you can open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1, we will find out clearly how the Trinity worked together in saving us. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 to 6. Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, He who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will. To the praise of His glorious grace, which He has freely given us in the one He loves. May mga po, makakarinig tayo ng maraming the one He loves, in love, love, in love. Yeah. And you will have an idea how Trinity actually works. So, the role of the Father in the work of salvation is that the Father chose. Can you say, the Father chose. Sabihin mo sa katabi mo, pinili ka ng Diyos. Doon sa kabila, sabihin mo sa kanya, God chose you. Right. We are chosen before the foundation. We are chosen before the foundation of the world. That means we have been marked from eternity. Can you imagine? Wala pa yung tatay mo, na anak ng lolo mo, na anak ng lolo ng lolo mo, at anak ng tatay ng lolo ng lolo ng Iniisip ka na ng Diyos, pinili ka na niya. God has chosen us before the foundations of the world. We are chosen according to the to his purpose and will. Paano tayo pinili ng Diyos? Was it random? Was it out of favoritism? Did He choose Israel to be His nation because, because He just chose it in, in random? Or He has something bigger in His mind and in His heart? Ephesians tells us that God has chosen us, He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will. That's very important to us in the reform uh, theology, in the reform group. We are not chosen at random. We are chosen in accordance to God's perfect will and plan. And what's the will of God? What's the will of God? That none should perish. If there's someone, if there's a person who wants people to get saved, that must be God. At pinili niya tayo, hindi randomly. He chose us in accordance to his purpose and will. Our election is not random nor through favoritism, it is according to God's will and purpose to save. We are an integration of souls from the time of Adam until the coming of Christ, called before the foundations of the world to what? In unity, to accomplish the good works that prepared for us to do. We are called individually by name. He left the 99 to save the one. For what? To bring you back to the fold so that the fold can work and participate in covenantal partnership with Him in proclaiming the gospel to the unreached. Amen? Hindi po tayo pwedeng matapos na sa idea na ako pinili kasi ako ng Diyos eh. Ako, elect ako eh. Brother, ikaw, hindi ko alam eh kung pinili ka din. No. The Lord chose us, called us, because He has seen the Trinitarian work of salvation and how it's going to happen. And in that heart, to save as much as He can, He chose us. Are you there? Are you there? We are God's arms and legs to reach out. Kaya po sabi ko kanina, this truth will us... Asp- Will, will, will impact your response to the gospel from accepting the gospel, receiving the gospel, believing it, and sharing it to others, knowing that the Trinity is at work in your salvation and theirs. And when God chose you and me, what was our category? Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 5 says, As for you, or as for me, we, or you are dead, you were dead in your transgression and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following the desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ. When God chose us, we are dead in our transgressions. Sabi ni Chris in one of the catechisms, are you a sinner because you sin or you sin because you're a sinner? By category, we are sinners. By nature, we are sinners, we are dead. Nothing in us could respond to the gospel apart from the mercies of Christ. Apart from the mercies of God through His Son. Because of this, we have confidence. And you say confidence. Dahil po hindi sa atin nakasalalay ang ating kaligtasan, meron tayong confidence. Mas matibay yung ating confidence because salvation is the work of God and not of man. In Isaiah chapter 43, sabi ni God, when I act, who can reverse it? Can you reverse the act of God? That's how mighty our salvation is. That's, that's how mighty the work of the Trinity is. The role of the Son. Everything the Father wants to do, He does through His Son. From the beginning. In John, ano pong sabi in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God. So when you go back to Genesis, He created everything through the Word. God the Father does everything through his son. So what did the son do in the work of Trinity? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 to 12. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth. Everybody say, unity to all things. Under Christ, in Him we are also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will, in order that we, who are the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of His glory. Remember Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12, that at the time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, you and me, who once were far away, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Jesus, the Son, the second person of the Trinity, purchased our salvation for us. Siya po yung naghatid. Siya po yung namatay sa krus at muling nabuhay. Jesus, the Son, redeemed. Now, the third person of the Holy Trinity, the Holy Spirit, what is His role? Pinili na tayo ng Ama, tinubos tayo ng anak ano ngayon ang ginagawa po ng banal na espiritu the holy spirit guarantees Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 to 14 for this reason for this reason sorry Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 to 14 and you also, were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in Him with the seal. May salio po tayo. The promised Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our seal. Who is a deposit, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. We have a guarantee. This is the reason why even though many times we failed in our journey following Jesus, trying to be more like Him, we can can rise up again from failures to another failure, into glory to another glory. It's because in us, we have a guarantee, the Holy Spirit, that tells us that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Ceases and his mercy never comes to an end. They are new every morning. Whenever you wake up tomorrow, God's mercy is abundant once more for you. How can you expect something that is supplied daily to run out? It's the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 to 7. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his Son born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, tayo po yon, that we might receive our adoption to sonship because you are His sons. You are His sons. God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out Abba Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are His child, God has made you also an heir. The reason why we are confident is not because we are able to believe God on our own, but because of the work of the Holy Spirit that is in us who calls Abba, who calls Father. When you are in doubt, it doesn't, it doesn't rely on your capacity to believe. It relies on the power of the Holy Spirit screaming from your heart, telling you that you are His. You are His today, you are His tomorrow, and you are His even before the foundations of the world. Now we are more confident. Amen? And dami pong natuwa nakita yung salitang summary. I saw the smiles. There are key words in the whole book of Ephesians chapter 1 to 6 that gives us a hint what this letter is about. This letter was about the role of the Trinity in salvation, sanctification, and building up of God's people. Number two, the solidness of knowing and loving in one word, intimacy, present in the triune nature of God. And lastly, the desire of God to make manifest this nature, unity, and intimacy in His body. Nakakatawa po pag if you can read Ephesians chapter one to six at home and enjoy this this text with me, and you will you will find out that that in this in the text or in Ephesians, Paul I believe is conscious about naming the three persons in different um, verses, exposing us to the three Trinitarian work in everything that we enjoy today with regards to our salvation. If you're familiar with St. Thomas of Aquinas, he wrote the five ways in his notion to prove the existence of God, pertaining to God as first cause. In his argument, he proposes that in order for the second cause, tayo and everything in the universe, or the effect... To exist there must be a first cause. daw may mag exist, there must be someone, someone who will cause all these things to exist. And that exist that person or that nature should be a self existent one. There should be sorry. Now if God in his being is just is not a Trinitarian God, now how can he speak to us about love? If God in his being cannot have fellowship or speak in his being, how can he st- talk about speaking the truth to us? Love and communication is existing in his nature as Trinity. That's why in the Christians, Christian Christian faiths have been Ravi's. Sabi niya, only in the Christian faith does love precede life. In every other faith, life precedes love. Jan. ba kayo? Because love exists in God's being before He created the world. The Father loves the Son, the Son loves the Father. That's how the Trinity works in unity, in intimacy. Amen. The mystery of the Trinity is a revelation of how God is complete in himself. Hindi po tayo ginawa ng Dios dahil nalulungkot siya na wala ka-fellowship. Andyan kayo. Hindi po niya ginawa yung tao dahil nalulungkot siya na walang worship Because God is a complete being in himself. He experiencing perfect love and unity in himself. God is complete in Himself in one being, the three persons as they relate in love and in language. And in Ephesians, we can clearly see this, that there was no struggle of sending the Son to die for our sins, that there was no struggle in the Trinity to send the Holy Spirit to to continue working with us. There's complete unity because our God is complete. The desire of God to make manifest this nature in His body, the body of Christ, every Christian relationship on earth, finding unity and love. Bakit, bakit pinapakita ni Paul sa atin to? In the second half of Ephesians, Paul will be mentioning a lot of relationships on earth. Okay, ito pa, basahin ko lang Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14 to 19. For these reasons, for this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through the spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love Everybody say, in love? So kanina yung sinasabi niyang in love sa kanilang tatlo, but now in love sa atin. Dito po sa yung, yung mga anak niya. In love, make every ep- effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. He wants what's unity that is experienced in the Godhead to be experienced in His body. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope. And when you are called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. That's a lot of ones. That's a lot of emphasis that God yearns to see His children, to see the body of Christ as one. If you will read through the second half of Ephesians, Paul talked about the body of Christ and Christ's yearning to see it as one. You will see um, the illustration that Paul used to pertain to how, how he wants to see the body of Christ work as one. Why? We are the temple of God. Also continuing, God wants to see oneness in our marriages. Amen? And if you will read Ephesians chapter 5, in the end, you will see verse 32. Paul says, this is a profound mystery. Yes, marriage is a profound mystery. But Paul is talking about something else. But I am talking about Christ and His church. Paul talking about the harmony and the unity in marriage, not pertaining to marriage alone, but he's talking about Christ and the church. He talks about unity, love, and intimacy in the family. I like how Pastor Nace always always reminds us, always in his preaching, tells us discipleship starts at home. Because that's what Jesus wants to see in His church, that as they are one in the Trinity, that we can be one as a body, in our family, in our marriages even in our workplaces, that we could represent this profound unity that happens in the nature of God. We'll close to this verse. John chapter 17, this time, Jesus is about to be betrayed. And we all know na at this time, malapit na siyang sa cruz. And this was His prayer. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me. Before the creation of the world, righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Sabi ni Carson, the eternal interpersonal love of the triune God that becomes the model and the empowering of Christians to love one another. Can we say, love one another? How do we respond to God? My question is, how are we one with the Trinity? Kumusta po yung pakikiisa natin sa Dios sa lahat po ng ginagawa natin? Is He present in everything that we do? Does our heartbeat resound? What is His heart's cry? How are we one as Breadcombe, Quezon City? How are we more than the Sunday celebrations that we have together? How are we one in our marriages? Kumusta po yung pakikipagnig po natin sa ating asawa? Does our marriage reflect the solid unity, love and intimacy present in the Trinity? How are we one in our families? How are we as parents? And how are we as children? Does our families resonate with the desire of the Trinity for us to be one? How are we in our workplaces, places, and schools? And how do the world perceive our unity in love? Lastly, What are the opportunities that we create to showcase the love and unity that flows in the Godhead towards the people whose only way to know Him is by looking how we, Christ's body, lives together in love and unity. I hope in... The entire sermon, the the Lord, Holy Spirit, has spoken to you. And in the challenge of the Holy Spirit, that we would respond knowing that God has already chosen us and enabled us to respond. Because we can approach Him through the finished work of Christ and complete it by the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Let's bow down the heads. Lord, we thank you, Holy Spirit, for being our advocate, our counselor, our comforter, and you have taught us all things. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for, for our sins in the cross of Calvary, purchasing our salvation, doing it to honor the Father you love and who loves you. Lord, I pray, that you would open our eyes and our hearts to get a glimpse on how wonderful this love happens in your nature, in your being. That as you are complete in yourself, that we would be complete in this body. That we would be complete as your church. That we would experience love, unity, intimacy, and be able to reflect the love that is present in the community of the Holy Spirit, the Son and the Father. Lord, once again, we submit to you, our families, our marriages, that you would guide us, that you would cause us to be one with our spouses, that you would remove any bitterness, Lord. In our relationships. Lord, I pray that you would redeem families, for you have been calling families and families. So I pray, Lord God, that the Trinity would, the truth about the Trinity would minister to our marriages and families even today. Lord, we pray for our children that they would be one with us, honoring you as they follow our example you would preserve them and you would call them to accomplish the work that you have prepared for them long ago Lord I pray that you would pierce our hearts with this truth and not allow this truth to be ignored and allow this truth to impact and make us a distinct people and be able to respond well to the gospel of Jesus Christ Lord we give back to you all glory and praise in Christ's most precious name we pray, Amen